Hey guys, how how's it going? How's your week going? Great. I'm very glad to hear that. Um, that's wonderful. I am gonna have you guys go to Hebrews. Hi, Micah. Are you taking notes from? Him? Okay. Hi, Micah. If you're listening on the podcast, we miss you. And Xander, if you're also listening, this is gonna be the worst podcast. Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, towards the end of the New Testament, actually. No, just this. You're good. Um, yeah, Hebrews. Okay, so we're going to be in Hebrews 2 first. She's not, actually, but thank you. No, my mom's not Jewish. Thank you, though. Um, so, I'm going to tell you my title really quick, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to talk about what is in Hebrews 2. Um, so, my title for this week is called Drifting. I highly suggest taking notes, because you won't remember anything I say if you don't take notes. Just to let you know, you might think you will, but I know you won't, because you're a human, and that's how humans are. Um, so, yeah, the title is Drifting. And actually, we're going to read the verse really quick, and then we will pray. Uh, Hebrews 2, I wrote in my thing that it's Hebrews 2, 1, but I don't think it is. Let me see. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I can't find it in my own Bible. I should have had it marked. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Here we go. I found it. I found it. All right. Okay. So I'm going to read this really quick for you. This verse um, has been like haunting me. This is perfect for spooky season. Um, October. Hello. Oh, well. This verse has been haunting. <laughs> what? Everybody says, oh, loud, right? Uh, I think so. I don't know. I say it. Uh, oh, Lord. Okay. Don't get me get distracted, guys. That's wonderful. Oh, Lord. Okay. So I, it's been, like I said, it's been haunting me. I read it. I've been going through Hebrews and... I came to this verse a few weeks ago, and I felt like it was important and very kind of scary-ish, and I didn't really know what to do with it. Um, I, honestly, like I truly was just like, wow, this is hitting me for some reason, but I don't really know what to do with it. So I put it as a lock screen on my phone, and I was like, I'm just going to keep thinking about it. That's a good, if, like if you want if you just want to remember a verse, just like make a little graphic in Instagram or something, or wherever you make graphics, and then put it as your log screen. So every time you see it, you'll see it, you'll remember it, you'll think about it. Um, and that's what I did. And I think that I came to somewhat of a conclusion about it, but we're going to read it here for a second. So Hebrews 2, 1, this is an ESV version. 
um, says, therefore, we must pay, close, pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proves to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was first declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So that's kind of a scary verse. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into it. Um, Holy Spirit, I just thank you so much for all of these these precious lives that you made. You put them in the room um, with us right now, and I just want to thank you for each one of them. And I ask that you would be in this moment, that you would just reveal what you want to reveal to each one of them, um, and that you would draw them closer to you, um, that your kindness would draw them close through repentance, through conviction, whatever it is. Um, however you want to speak tonight, I just give you full permission. And we just surrender and we yield our hearts to you right now. Um, I surrender and I yield my heart to you with open hands um, that you would do whatever you want to do. In Jesus' name. So the title, like I said, is Drifting. And it's interesting that, so if you look at Hebrews, um, we don't really, there's not like an agreed upon writer of, of Hebrews. Um, context is is a lot of times very important when you're reading the Bible to understand who was the person who wrote this, who were they writing it to. Um, it's very important um, to know that part of it. But we don't know who wrote it, but we do know that he wrote it to Hebrew people slash Jewish people, people that were Jewish, um, people that were Messianic Jews, which is um, a person who is a Jew who becomes a Christian, if you didn't know what that term is. Um, so he's writing a very... he. I don't think it was a she. I'm pretty sure it was a he. Um, he is writing to these people. And he's saying, and this is what really gets me, is he's saying, therefore, pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Um, and something about that really struck me, really because Jesus only left them like 30, 30 years like before this, and they were already drifting away from what he had taught. They were like literally drifting away the minute he left, uh, before he even left, obviously, but because they're humans. But we're like here 30 years past Jesus ascending into the beautiful clouds, and um, he's reminding them to pay much closer attention to what they've heard, um, lest they drift away from it. Um, and like I said, um, that verse was, was kind of like haunting me, not in like a way of like, ah, I'm scared about losing my salvation or something like that. That's not really what this message is about. It's not about like losing your salvation. I'm sorry, I keep moving this because I don't know where I want it. Um, this is not about losing your salvation. I don't think that this is necessarily what this verse is about. It might be, but that's not what I grabbed from it. Um, it's about drifting away from the Lord. And I know that we've all felt like at some point in our lives, and maybe even right now, that at one point we were closer to him um, than we are right now. And there's a lot of things that can kind of 
factor into that. And so that's kind of what we're going to chat about tonight is things that cause us to drift away um, from our closeness that we have with Jesus. Um, and it really, I don't know, guys. It just, I wasn't even going to talk about this because it really um, just like hit me in like some kind of way. So I wasn't really ready to talk about it, but I'm just going to share a little bit and then we're going to have some more worship time probably. Um, sorry, I get emotional. Um, so drifter, like what is a drifter? I'm sure you guys have all heard of that, but it's basically just like a person that like doesn't have a home. If you want to, if you want to write that down, you can. A drifter is a person that just like doesn't have a home and they kind of just wander to and fro. Um, they could you could call them a homeless person, yes, technically. Um, but you also could just say it's just like somebody that, like, you know, you have like those relatives that have like an RV that just like will pull up in your, like we have neighbors that have family members that have an RV, that's hard to say, um, that just come and like live there for like a little while, like a few weeks, and then they go somewhere else. I don't really know what they do, but it's like that kind of thing. Like somebody that doesn't have like a one constant place where they're staying. Um, so to drift just kind of means like you're aimlessly wandering and you're not actually staying on target. Um, and that's what he's talking about in this verse here is just drifting away. Like think of the concept of it's not very complicated, um, but just think of like a boat that um, hasn't been docked, hasn't been roped, if that was that what they use, chained, I don't even know, to the dock or anchored. Um, and it literally, it will drift away. Like, it's not a question of, oh, that boat might drift away. No, it 100% will drift away. Like, if you put a boat on the edge of an ocean, like, it's going to be out in the ocean. There's no, like, oh, maybe if the weather is, like, not too bad. No, it's definitely going to. Like, there's, there's no chance in the world. So I think a lot of times we think that we're think of ourselves like plants. We think of ourselves like trees, like, oh, I'm planted here. I feel really confident in this season of my life. Like, I've, this is where I am. I'm confident about what I think about God. I'm confident in, like, my relationship with him. Maybe you're not in that place right now, but maybe some of you are. And we think we're, like, rooted and grounded like, like a plant. Like, I'm going to stay here forever. There's probably nothing that's going to move me from here. Like, I feel solid right now. I've definitely been in places um, of my life where I was, like, overconfident. Like, oh, things are going great. Um, I feel super grounded in this moment. I'm never coming down from this high. Like, it's going to be like this forever. But in reality, you're not like that plant. You're, you're like the boat. Like, you will forever be on a body of water. You will never be the tree grounded. You will always have something that is trying to pull you away from your relationship with the Lord. And if you're not tethered to the dock, if you're not anchored somewhere, you will drift away, like 100%. Like, that's what life is. You're living on this imaginal life as the ocean. You're the boat. You're not a tree that just stays there forever. Like, yes, there is a uh, like a verse in Psalms about being a tree planted by streams of living water, but that's just about where your source is. Truly, because you live on this earth that is a fallen place, you are like a boat on the water constantly, and you have to be connected um, and anchored in order to not drift away 
from the message that you heard before. Um, and this whole message might sound super simple to you, but it is hitting me in some kind of way lately. Um, just because I'm not taking for granted um, what I heard, the message that I heard. And I've been checking my heart to say, am I, have I drifted away from it? Do I remember Jesus as I remembered him when he first saved me? Do I love him? Has my, am I getting closer to him or am I drifting further away from him? Am I making this more complicated or is this staying the simple gospel? So the first point that I'm going to ask you, this is a question that you can ask yourself as kind of like maybe like a check-in with yourself. These are all questions that I'm currently asking myself. Um, so yeah, you can ask yourself this as well. So if I'm drifting away, is it because I forgot the message that I was told? And that's what he talks about in Hebrews 2.1. Therefore, we much, mu we, I can't even speak. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away. It's basically like, don't forget what you, what you heard before. I think that a lot of times... Jesus dying on the cross and just the simple language of the gospel, just like him going to the cross, staying in the grave for three days, then, um, you know, rising up from the dead. It just becomes a part of like our church language and it just becomes very regular and kind of boring to us when truly this is the meat of your life. This is, this is the anchor that will sustain you for the rest of your life. And people will try to come and make it more complicated than the simple gospel. And that, those are the moments where you have to decide and then this will happen in a lot of different ways. Theology-wise, people will try to throw questions at you, which might be valid. Your questions, like you guys go to college, you're in school right now, but definitely like when you go off to college, there's so many different people from different backgrounds and thinking, which are so cool to learn about. But it is very challenging to remain connected to the simple gospel and also be open to all of those things, which I personally believe it's really important to learn about other people's ways of thinking. I think that's extremely important. Um, I'm not like a person that thinks you should just be closed-minded. That's not me at all. I want you to think about like when we sing songs that are about the cross, are you moved or does that get tiring? Do you get like bored of it? Or you're like, I need a new song that's about something else. I, there was a time when I didn't feel this way but now, um, whenever I sing songs about, like, the blood of Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross, um, I am moved in an unexplainable way. Um, I can sing those songs, like, more than probably any other song. Um, and that's because that's that through line that is, is going to sustain you. You can always come back to that. Like, emotions are complicated. Relationships are complicated. Problems are complicated. All of those things... But the simple gospel is what stays true. So if you have drifted away, is it because you have forgotten that original message that was spoken to you? 
So I just want you guys to kind of maybe check your hearts on that. I have been doing that right now um, as like a church leader and somebody who watches what other churches are doing and just like what's happening in the world right now. It's very easy to um, get swept up in the conversations and get really disturbed by like all the things that are happening right now. And again, the conversations are important, but I have to remain connected and rooted to the simple gospel always. That has to be my joy that keeps me moving forward. So that is question number one for you. Now we're going to jump to Hebrews 3. So if you guys can go flip the page or press the next arrow button um, to the next chapter. Um, we're going to be reading from Hebrews 3.12. And I'm actually, I'm looking at it here, but um, I'm going to be reading it from, I think, because I wanted to find a different version And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. So we're reading Hebrews 3, 12 through 15. And there's a quote at the end of this from Scripture that is... um, I actually don't know where it's from. It's probably from Exodus, honestly, because he's talking about the Israelites in the wilderness, which is... That pretty much all happens in Exodus. Um, But don't quote me. It's from Psalms 95, guys, not Exodus, okay? So Caleb knows everything. Thank you, Caleb. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Psalms 95 is what that quote at the end is for. I just wanted to let you know that. So I'm reading Hebrews 3.12 from the Passion Translation. If you have it on your phone, if you want to follow along with that, that's fine. It's a cool version. So it says, So search your hearts every day my brothers and sisters, and make sure that none of you has evil or unbelief hiding within you. For it will lead you astray and make you unresponsive to the living God. This is the time to encourage each other to never be stubborn or hardened by sin's deceitfulness. For we are mingled with the Messiah. That's a very interesting phrase. We are mingled with the Messiah if we will continue unshaken in this confident assurance from the beginning until the end. For again, the scriptures say, if only today you would listen to his voice, don't make him angry by hardening your hearts as you did in the wilderness rebellion. I think it's maybe verse, still verse 12, the end of verse 12, where it says, for it will lead you astray and make you unresponsive to the living God. And doubt and hidden sin have a way of desensitizing you from hearing the Lord's voice. Um, if you remember when we talked about um, Samuel hearing the voice of God, I went on and on about having a mushy heart. Um, mushy hearts. The people that hear the voice of God when he's speaking to them are the people that have mushy hearts. Um, That when he calls them to do something, they instantly respond. Each time you call, he calls, and you respond in doubt or you respond in hesitation, um, it actually kind of hardens over your heart. That's a similar thing that happens to Pharaoh in Egypt. The Lord keeps giving him all these chances and like tells him, gives, giving him all these options to repent. 
and he refuses every time. And each time his heart becomes harder and he refuses to bend even more so that he brings more calamity on his country. Um, and that's the same thing that happens with us. When the Lord kind of prompts you to do something, um, your heart becomes a little bit harder every time when you don't respond to him. And that is a really, um, I mean, I, I hate talking about it because it's kind of a little bit depressing, but it's true. It is what happens. Um, and that's kind of the joy of obedience is you remain with a mushy heart. Um, hard, hard hearts like brings bitterness. It brings anger. It brings pride. Um, those things are really hard to break through and they're not very comfortable. They're not very fun to deal with. Um, so that's what doubt does. Hidden sin, um, he's talking about here, make sure that none of you has evil or unbelief hiding within you. Um, I think some spaces say like hidden sin or, or hidden evil. Um, and Corey talked a little bit about this this morning. Hidden sin has a way of eating away at you, and it fills you a lot of times with, what, depending on, it could be anything, depending on what it is, like it fills you with anxiety. Um, it could not even be like your own sin that you're hiding. You might be hiding something else that's like going on with someone else. It fills you with shame, and those kind of things make it really difficult for you to connect with Jesus. And so when we resist him coming in and cutting in on those things and touching those things, it actually puts a, a barrier between us. It's a barrier that we have placed between us. Like Corey was saying this morning, Jesus doesn't go anywhere. He, Romans 8 says, like, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing moves him. But we put barriers in place when we hold on to that stuff that we're just not ready to deal with. Um, and there are seasons where you're just working stuff out and you're figuring stuff out. And I definitely had seasons like that when I was in high school where I was working stuff out. And it was, it was an awkward relationship with Jesus at best. Um, it was difficult. The surrender made my connection to him possible. So my question for you with the second one is, and I should have asked this already, or maybe I did, I don't think I did. If I'm drifting away, is it because there is unbelief or doubt, whatever you want to say with that, unbelief or doubt or hidden darkness in my heart that I'm unwilling to deal with? If I'm drifting away, is it because there is unbelief or doubt and hidden darkness in my heart that I'm unwilling to deal with? We all have crap that we're dealing with. It's not like he wants you to just deal with all of it at once. What happens is he kind of pokes at something at different seasons of our lives. He'll poke on something. And if we resist him dealing with it, that's what he's talking about here. It's something that he is kind of trying to expose in you that you've maybe noticed is coming to the surface. 
um, and you refuse to deal with it or you're just trying to bury that and move on. That is what he's talking about. Obviously, we all have a trunk load of stuff we're going to deal with for the rest of our lives. No one is going to be perfect or sinless, but that, what, that specifically is what he's talking about. Something he's trying to reveal to you that you're just like 100% like um, I'm not, not dealing with it. So that would be my question. I'll ask that one more time just in case you miss it. If I'm drifting away, is it because there is unbelief and hidden darkness in my heart that I'm unwilling to deal with? Because those are things that will put a barrier in and cause you to drift. All right, let's jump to, we're staying all in Hebrews, which is fun. Um, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Hebrews 11 is, just a side note, a very cool chapter. It's just a bunch of examples of people who did things by faith. It's just like a little mini short stories of like all these people and and what they did um, in faith. And it's really, really cool to read through. Um, So Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, um, it's a very popular verse. You may have heard it before. Um, It says... Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And that's ESV version. So my third kind of heart check for you is if I'm drifting away, is it because I am not looking at Jesus, but at something else, maybe? I put in my notes, but at fill in the blank, but at X, Y, Z, like you fill in your blank, is it possible that instead of looking at Jesus, I'm looking at something else? And we've talked about this a lot here at Reclaimed. Again, I'm going to reference Corey again. Um, Corey, if you're, if you're listening to this, um, thank you for all the great messages that we get to refer back to. Um, where your, your gaze is, is where your heart goes. And that's kind of what he's talking about here is he's like telling these people to, because they have so many questions. The people that came from the Jewish tradition, when Jesus showed up, they were, had a lot of feelings. Some of them were angry that he was saying he was Jesus. Some of them were like, this is interesting, but very confusing. Like, he's not who I expected. But he is healing lots of people, and he's saying this son, he's the son of God. And then some people were just like all in. And so you have to understand how 
much they were kind of sorting through. This was like their life's religion that they had grown up with. And so he's sending this letter of encouragement to them and kind of saying he spells out like a lot of stuff in Hebrews that explains to them like why Jesus is the perfect Christ and like why it makes sense that he's fulfilling the law and all of that. But here he's like pointing them back to like set your gaze. Like, yes, all of this was important, but remember, like, look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. If you feel like you're drifting, maybe it's because you're looking at all of this information and you're not actually looking at Jesus. You're not actually setting your gaze at him. You're listening to all what your friends are saying. You're listening to, like, what they are speculating and their doubts and their feelings, and you're not actually setting your gaze on Jesus. So that's kind of what he's challenging you, challenging them about. So I would just, I don't know like what you might have your eyes fixed on. It could be like your emotions. They could be taking you from day to day. You might be like living off of those. Um, it could, your gaze might be like on what your friends are doing and like whatever your friends are doing is what you're, what you're doing. Whatever they're thinking about is what you're thinking about. Um, he's actually, it could even be like what your parents are doing, truly. What your parents have set out, like as this, your life is going to be this, this, and this, um, in whatever way. But Jesus actually calls us to set our eyes and our gaze on him. And that will direct our path. You guys, some of you are driving. Not all of you are driving, but some of you are. Um, this is something that I have just recently like learned, maybe in the past, like, I don't know, five or ten years. But it's very scary. The first time you drive on a road and there's on a two-lane road and there's another car driving the other direction the first time I did that I was terrified out of my mind um, because literally there's another car driving the other direction like this far this close next to you did you not know that oh oh they come on your side that happens in the villages a lot yes that happens in the villages. That's very scary. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like that. That's very scary. <laughs> oh no. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, so an interesting thing that like happens when you're driving is wherever your gaze wherever you're looking is where your car goes. Um, so I don't have a story to tell. It's just like maybe you don't realize I didn't realize that. Exactly. I had to realize that I, if I wanted to stay away from the other car, I actually had to look at the line on the side of the road on the right side in order to stay away from that car. You would think, oh, I need to look at this car so I know where the car is, so I know like, how to avoid them. But you actually have to look at the line to keep yourself away from that car. That especially is a problem when it's raining because you can't see anything, and I have to. You just have to like look at the line on the side of the road. That is what keeps you going straight. It's really easy to like be distracted and get focused on the cars riding going the other direction. You're like I'm trying not to crash into them, but like I should be looking at the cars that I don't want to crash into. But if you look at the cars you don't want to crash into, you will actually go towards the cars. So you have to actually, this is also a driving lesson apparently, um, you have to actually be focused on the 
on the line. That's where I look at, is the line on, on your side of the road to not go off the side. Um, and I think that's really interesting because, again, like where your gaze goes, that's where you're going. Wherever your eyes are focused, that's where you're going. Um, it's really easy to be focused on the problem or your, the hard things that you're dealing with and think that that's your way out of the situation. But actually, your way out of your situation is to set your gaze on Jesus. And it's very easy. I'm just going to keep reiterating this. It's very easy to make this more complicated than it really is um, when truly all you have to do is set your gaze to Jesus and just keep saying yes to him, keep letting him touch those things in you that are painful, whether it's hidden sin or it's like things in your past that are not necessarily sin, but they're just like memories or trauma that you've been holding on to that you don't want to deal with. Like you've put up a hard thing like I'm not letting anybody touch this. I'm not letting Jesus touch this. I don't want to deal with it. The way you move forward and the way you stay close to him without drifting away like the boat that is always constantly drifting if it's not hooked to something is to constantly say yes to him when he calls and to not make this more complicated than it needs to be. The gospel is, is really, really simple, and people love to make it fancier. People love their fancy churches and their beautiful worship albums, and all of that is so great, and it's so cool. But at the end of the day, none of those things are what sustain us. They're not what sustain them in the Bible. All they knew was this, this crazy man that came apparently like raised from the dead and he wasn't a zombie. He was like a real person that actually came back from the dead and he healed people. Um, and he like told them that their sins were forgiven. And that was a crazy concept. Um, and that's all they knew. And that was enough for them. That was enough for them to live their life. Um, and I, I just don't know, guys. This is season of my life right now. This verse, I just can't get away from it. I think it's partially because Caleb and I are, you know, we're doing this church thing. And um, it's really easy to make things more complicated than it needs to be. But in my life specifically, um, I just want to be more in love with Jesus, truly. Um, I don't want to be more in love with like what I can do with their career, with my friends. Like, I don't want to be in love with any of those things. I just want to be more in love with Jesus. And that is what attracts people. That is what makes people want to get saved when they're around you, when you actually are connected to the man, Jesus. Being connected to a church, singing some worship songs, reading your Bible, like that's all, they're beautiful things. But being connected to Jesus is actually where the life is at. Um, so this is a challenge for me, mostly, not maybe not mostly, but this is a challenge for sure for me. 
Um, it's pretty simple, but it's just like kind of heart checks. And there's not much more that I'm going to add to this because um, truly this kind of work where you're checking in with yourself is not something that you can talk your way around. It's something that you have to get alone and do with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit brings us to repentance and to conviction through his kindness. Um, he doesn't do it through force. Um, he doesn't do it through um, calling you out in shame, like we talked about this morning. Um, he brings something up, and he says, all right, is this, are we going to deal with this now? Like, is this the time to deal with it? And if you say no, he leaves it at that. He's, we always say, like, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force you to do anything. That's just, that is what it is. People want, sometimes I think people want to be, like, forced into doing something. But truly, he's not going to force you. Um, because it's a relationship that's a two-way street. And you, if you want to be close to him, you, you give him your all. You surrender. So, we're going to go, if you want to come back up. We're going to go back into worship for a bit. Um, just because I want... I want you guys to have that time alone to just kind of think through some of those prompts. Um, maybe they all resonate with you. Maybe just a couple of them um, resonate with you. They all resonate for me, honestly, truly. Um, do you remember the message that you were told at first? Do you remember the testimony that you had at first? Do you remember what life was like before Jesus ever came into your life? Do you remember what that was like? What it felt like? Do you remember what other people's lives were like around you? Because sometimes even when I'm thinking about my own testimony, I'm not just thinking about like my own things, but I'm thinking about all the lives I've seen that Jesus has touched. Um, and that just makes me so thankful, so grateful, just for the simple gospel, just the simplicity that he came and he died and he paid for all the sins um, he and he just did it and he's that he's truly that good so yeah if you guys want you can you can stay seated here you can get up you can go sit in a corner whatever your heart desires um, we're just gonna go back into this for a little bit 